for me, Wichita means to me. Wichita is, if you read or if you've seen the Lord of the Rings, it's it's the Shire. Uh, Wichita is like the the home base where the adventure starts for all of us Wichitans and eventually or maybe never but most people want to go out and destroy the ring in Mordor and then <laughs> you come back to Wichita you I'm bring good him. <laughs> <laughs> you bring back what you learned and you can change Wichita you can make Wichita better Our guests today are one of my younger brothers, Carson, and his girlfriend, Anne-Sophie. Carson recently returned from 14 months of traveling around the world. I wanted to talk about his experience, tell some stories, and try to expand the minds of people who think this type of thing is impossible. Please enjoy my conversation with Carson and Anne-Sophie. All right, so this is Landon. I'm here with Carson, one of my younger brothers, and his girlfriend, Anne-Sophie. So can you guys just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Carson Huslig, uh, Landon's brother. I'm 23 years old. I grew up in Andover, Kansas. Anne-Sophie? Uh, my name is Anne-Sophie. I'm from France, and I'm a ceramist artist. Perfect. Um, so we'll start with talking to Carson a little bit, and then we'll kind of dive into the story of their travel and everything else. So, um, Carson, how do you answer the question, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Um I think that depends on who you ask. If, if you ask me, I'm a young entrepreneur, visionary who's going to create something big in the future. And if you look at it from an external point of view, I'm a 23-year-old that lives with his parents and doesn't pay rent. And yeah, so it really depends on who you ask. Answer you. What, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? Answer you. Um, doing an internship. I'm a ceramist and I'm actually uh, currently doing an internship uh, in Wichita. Cool. Perfect. Um, So Carson, you graduated from Wichita State in December of 2017 with a business degree. Um, What was the plan? What were you thinking leading up to graduation? Well, before that, I was playing um, junior college football. I wanted to play junior college football, but I had a lot of injuries, so I ended up going there for effectively no reason. So... After I figured out that I was done with football, I kind of shifted all my, my ambition and my energy into kind of like reading, developing myself, and like trying to become a, an entrepreneur businessman, I would say. And when I was at Wichita State, the plan was always to have created a business or some type of project before I graduated so that I could work on that afterwards. And the, would that be six months before I graduated, I had started an Instagram account where I like posted people for money effectively, like the people would pay me like a like, feature page like a feature page 10 or 20 bucks or whatever they want to for a post and i was doing that and i was making like 500 a month maybe before i graduated so when i graduated i was thinking okay let's let's see how far i can take this let's build this up as much as i possibly can and then uh we'll go from there so that was the plan after after which i stayed cool so what was the original plan for traveling then okay. when did you realize you wanted to travel kind of what inspired that that's uh, okay that i have to go back to when i learned french which is a really random story but (laughs) so it would be three years ago now i was playing call of duty on xbox late at night with another buddy during like spring break or something in college and we met or we talked to somebody on xbox live that was speaking french and like like, who's this guy like let's let's talk to this guy try to speak french to him and stuff and his name was Irvin, and we Ended up becoming friends with him, and he spoke very rudimentary English, and we didn't speak any French, obviously, so we became friends, and I guess he inspired me to try to learn a language, because before, I never had any really desire to learn a language. Like, I I only took one semester of Spanish in, what did that be, freshman year, because I figured yeah. out that you actually didn't need two semesters or two years or whatever to graduate in high school. It's just for the region thing, so I said, I'm not doing that. I don't like Spanish <laughs> at all, so I only took one semester, but... For this uh, this time it this time around it really uh, inspired me really interested me and I think it's because maybe it was a an organic like introduction to it mm-hmm. so and it you had a reason it. to learn it right yeah so. like I had a friend and it was interesting I, like I wanted to speak like him so I 
practiced with him and I thought, okay, like, how am I going to, how am I going to learn French? So I started doing Duolingo, which is a very common app. Most people probably know that. And mm -hmm. I did, what, what is it? Like five lessons a day for 500 plus days. Very, right? uh, what would you call that? Like neurotic. Uh, like I never missed a day for like, <laughs> for like two years of French. So I had really good French. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to France someday. Practice the French, you know, mm -hmm. meet people and explore them. So that's why I wanted to travel. And the original plan to travel was to go seven weeks in France. And yeah, that was it. Cool. And a couple summers ago, Irvin came and stayed with yeah. you and mom and dad. And yep, so. sure. I don't know how we convinced him to come to Wichita, Kansas for his first time in America. Out of anywhere. <laughs> he did, and he still loves it, so I'm not sure. But yeah. And you got her here as well, so. Yeah, I must be good at persuading people. <laughs> um, and so originally, you go over there, you're planning on just whatever month and a half, two months, seven weeks or so. Um, and you're with Irvin at first, right? Yeah, I, I fly into Paris, and then I went to Orléans, Orle Orleans, I think that's how you Orleans? say it in American. Yeah. <laughs> Orleans, France, Orléans. And I had, okay, I got a backpedal again here for the city how I uh, I met yeah. Aunt Sophie. But, so I was doing the, the Instagram when I graduated from college, and I was building it up, and it was making like a pretty good amount of money, but I was also kind of like forcing it to grow. Like I was like on there chatting people like eight hours a day, like it was a full-time job, and most of my friends were still in college at K-State or KU and around the country, so I didn't really have a lot of uh, as many social opportunities as I would have liked here. So I was kind of like extremely bored for one, and then for two, like maybe like mildly depressed. So I was like, okay, I need to, I need to do something. Like this is not healthy. So I ended up taking a job with my buddy at his dad's company, which is like a, a wholesale shop in Wichita, a local company, and I did that for three weeks, and it was it was not going well. Like I got. I got <laughs> I planned to quit on a Friday, and I actually got. She took me back to the room, and I got fired on the same day. So I got. <laughs> I quit. Slash got mutual, fired. mutual, mutual, uh, mutual leaving decision. And then um, during that period of work, I didn't expect to travel because I was gonna work there for a while. So I kind of like let my French go to the side. So my French in my head was like a little bit diminished. So I was like, okay, I gotta take back my French. And to do that, I downloaded an app where you can like chat with people from other countries who speak your target language. Mm -hmm. And then I just practiced, and that's how I met Aunt Sophie. So, yeah, I don't know where you want to go from there, but. Yeah, you guys want to talk a little more about that. So what, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people you could have talked with. Why? Was it random that you guys met? Well, the actual, the real. I was learning English before I planned to go in Australia. Okay. Yeah, she was learning English, and I think she only was on the, the app for like a couple of days. It was my third day on wow. the app. Yeah, and then I randomly, and she almost deleted it from talking to like, no, never mind. I'm not gonna go there. But he's on the Anyway, but uh, yeah. So then I got on there. So it's kind of lucky, and I don't remember why. Honestly, I picked her profile. I think it was because it was like she was yeah. one of the only people from Switzerland. Yeah. So it was like mm. a different flag on like the list. Yeah. So that's honestly one of the other reasons that it, like stood out. Otherwise, just random people. So yeah. Sure. Um. So tell me about. So you get to France. You're hanging out with Urban for a little bit. What, what were your next steps before you met up with Aunt Sophie? So I went to Orléans, and I was exploring there. And then Aunt Sophie was on – she had she was living in Switzerland yeah, for the last five years, going to school. She was on holiday from really from art school. So she was at her family's in, in Angolim. And that's like – how far is that from Urban's? I think it's four or five hours. Probably a four or five-hour drive from sure. Orléans. So it was kind of matching up that I was close to where she lived – and the time that she had vacation yeah. at her parents' house. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, we have to meet there. Like, we can talk so much. We might as well see each other while I'm there. Yeah. So Irvin drove me two and a half hours, and Anne Sophie, who never drives Same. a car. <laughs> no, I drove the car. <laughs> she <laughs> drove. <maybe> 10 minutes. <laughs> she doesn't drive long distance at all, but she took yeah, her dad's minivan halfway there, two and a half hours as at well. At Saint-Mont de Touraine. Yes, this little village that is forever etched in our memory. And then... <laughs> Then our first date was actually dinner at her parents' house with her family that doesn't speak any English <laughs> with my well, it's really weird. <laughs> How was that speaking, being completely like immersed? In I felt good. I mean, it was kind of like I would speak French and then Anne Sophie would translate my French yeah. back into in French. Because <laughs> <laughs> she understood my accent, but yeah, her family... Yeah, it was really funny. Were they awesome. struggling to understand? Yeah, yeah like... It'd be, it, I don't know, sometimes I would understand them, they wouldn't understand me, and vice yeah, versa. Like, yeah. her dad's accent was really strong, so, like, he'd right. say something, I'm like, yeah, yeah like, and so, like, what did he say? And then, like, she'd translate, but... On HelloTalk, were you guys just texting, or was it, were you guys calling, too? Text. I think, no, after the second day, we used WhatsApp. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 
And then it was like text. The connection call. Video call. Text call, video call. Every day, yeah. Gotcha. Were you nervous about meeting an American that you, I mean, you knew, but that you didn't really know? Not really. Not really nervous? I was so crazy. Her brother was like really concerned. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're going to go meet this random guy. Okay, so it's not not necessarily common. Because in America, if you tell an American that you're going to go meet up with some random person that you haven't met, like, they're going to be like, what are you thinking? Yeah. I think it's the same. I think a lot of people around me thought about that, but not me. Thought you were crazy, but... Yeah. I don't I'm know. Sure. You just kind of know, I guess. Like yeah. we'd called so many times that it wasn't really that crazy right, for right. us. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Anne Sophie, what is your background and where are you originally from? So I'm from France. Uh, my family live in a little city close to Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. So maybe one hour drive from the from the west coast. And I lived the last five years in Switzerland, where I did my graduation in ceramics. And yeah, was this no. where in Switzerland? In Lausanne, and my school was in Vevey, which is like the most beautiful place yeah. on earth. If you need I to Google it, it. yeah, we'll link that up. Google we'll Lausanne, yeah. Switzerland. It is <laughs> so magnifique. beautiful. Yeah. So now that you're in the beautiful city of Wichita, <laughs> do you how how much do you miss Switzerland? Uh, it was really weird because during the travel, I didn't really miss uh, Switzerland, but now. I'm really, yeah, I'm really sad, and sometimes <laughs> I feel like I want to live there again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know for the moment. But I feel like at the time you were you lived there for five years, so you didn't like maybe you wanted a break because sometimes the people there you are kind don't of realize. Like, sometimes the people there. Oh, are you kind are of lucky like to live in this kind of yeah. environment and beautiful you, landscape. Yeah. It's really amazing. The quality of of life is perfect. You get used to it, probably, and then she yeah. wanted a break, and then, like, after you're gone, you're like, wow, like, that was amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to go back. Sure. Um, so we, I don't think we've actually gotten into it on the podcast yet, just in the intro, but um, where all did you go after that? Um, what other countries from here, I guess? So started in France, and I'll just take you down the uh, the path of the, the trajectory where I went. So started in France, went to San Sophie in the southwest, went up north, <laughs> and then went east to... Belgium, like Brussels, went to the Netherlands, mm-hmm. Amsterdam. I was going to go to Germany, but Anne-Sophie had like a week off of school. So I was going to actually go down through Germany, but then I decided to fly to, to Geneva. Geneva. Yeah. So I'd be there when she didn't have school. So I went to you Switzerland next. Three, three weeks? Or? Three weeks there. Yeah. And then went back into France, hit the south of France, like Nice and all the French Riviera and those places you hear about. And yeah. Rap songs, if you listen to rap like me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then went west, went to Spain. In Spain for a while, went to Portugal. In Portugal. And then after Portugal, she was there with me in Portugal. But then after that, it's kind of like a part of our story where it was very uh, back and forth. Like we'd be together for like three weeks, like having an amazing time. And then she'd yeah. have to go back to school. And then I'd be like, you know, in in Spain by myself. Mm-hmm. We got back together in Portugal and then like we were in Croatia for a while. So it was back and forth, which is a really interesting part of our it's relationship. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't planned at all. Like we didn't know where we were going to be the next month. Yeah. But like, all right. It was an interesting way to start a relationship because we were always like together 24-7 or we weren't together at all. So it was really black and white for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then after that, we went to Croatia, Montenegro, back to Paris, and then Australia, New Zealand, Australia, Japan, <laughs> like Western United States, and then finally home after 14 yeah. months. Wow. And Sophie, did you travel a lot before you met Carson? Yes. I traveled mostly in Europe. But um, maybe two or three years ago, I went to Philippines, mm-hmm. and maybe five years ago in Japan as well. So, right. Yeah. Which I think it's a little bit easier over there, right? Yeah. Europe, everything's in right Europe, there. Yes. It's a little bit easier to go you border only have to border. You to drive maybe eight hours to. And there's uh, trains everywhere and yeah. twenty dollar flights and easy jet. Yeah. So. We are really lucky. I definitely didn't travel before this. I went to like. <laughs> Colorado, Branson, Missouri, <laughs> Denver, Colorado. Like we went on a cruise when we were younger, I guess, but yeah. I don't really remember it. So I'd hit like the maybe Midwest nine states before this. So right. So then character. you're like, at what point was your seven weeks about up? Your return flight and what was the thought process? There? Okay, bef- before I left, like even when I was like, you know, like hugging, kissing my mom before I left, I was like, this is probably gonna be three months, and I was just thinking like, I have enough money, like maybe I'll never be able to do this again. Like I really need to 
take advantage of this opportunity and see as many places as I can. So I was like, it's probably gonna be three months. So so don't uh, don't freak out. You know, like be ready for me to be gone that long, basically. She's like, oh no, she starts crying, but that's just how it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I know it'd be three months, and then once I got there, honestly, pretty early on, I was like, you were telling us, so you're like, yeah, like why not? You know, like. Honestly, I was thinking, like, why don't I just keep doing this and, yeah. until, like, I run out of money if that comes or if I can make it as far as I can, like, save $1,000 from where I'm at and buy a plane ticket to get home. But just, like, take it as far as I can, see as many things as I can. Like, I don't have, like, kids at home. I don't have a car to pay off. So I was like, might as well live this thing to the fullest. Like, not a lot of people have this opportunity, so. Yep, definitely. And what was the struggle? Because I don't know the <clears throat> the rules completely, but you basically had three months in Europe, right? Yeah, you the have situation. Depends the countries. It's yeah. with the Schengen zone. You have three months in the Schengen zone, which is like most of the typical Western Europe countries, and then outside of that would be like the Croatias, the Czechoslovakias, the places like that. Those aren't in the zone. But so I used up my first three months, and then after that, it's like okay. And Sophie still has to finish school. She was already planning to go to Australia yes. for a year. After that, you already had your plane ticket, right? Yeah. So she already had her plane ticket. So I'm like, okay, I gotta buy like a. <laughs> a month and a half of time or like two months of time so I was like what, where's close where's really cheap and like where can I kind of enjoy myself while I'm waiting for this and where could I save up some money because like I wanted to go somewhere with low expenses so I could build up a little bit more money to continue the trip yeah. so we landed on Croatia and I was like okay like, I don't know anything about Croatia like I can tell you no. I'm from Kansas and I'm probably one of the more ignorant people geographically even me <laughs> from Kansas like even yeah, she's from France she didn't know anything about Croatia so I was yeah. like Okay, we'll go there. Sure. It's a beautiful landscape. That's yeah. And <laughs> the first day was honestly the first night. I got there late on a late flight, and what was the story? I gotta think of this. It was um, so I pull up. I get taken from the airport to this like port on a bus. I don't have an Airbnb yet because I was kind of like this entire yeah, trip. Yeah. This entire trip, I just kind of like went by the seat of my pants. Like when I arrive in a place, like okay, I'll actually. This is actually important. I gotta say this as well. The first two months and a week or almost two and a half months i didn't pay any uh accommodation for the the entire first two and a half months i would stay with irvin i stayed with aunt sophie i would stay with like the friend of irvin i would stay with random people i met on like mom's uh, co-worker's son that happened to live somewhere mom's co-worker's (laughs) son i would meet random people on the street yeah i stayed with like mcdonald's (laughs) i stayed with two gay politicians in brussels i've stayed with a 78 year old grandma in nice france i just whoever i could find honestly like nice people reached out to me all the time which was pretty pretty awesome in the so, train in spain as well in spain i took a i was trying to go like across the town honestly to get into a uh what do you call that um you Sit. take a car with that people uh, <laughs> sorry about my english uh, <laughs> it's what is that called in Blah, french yeah. Yeah, blah, blah, car. So it's like carpooling and you pay a little bit and you can go like across different countries. So I was going across the city of Sevilla mm-hmm. in Spain to get onto a, a blah, blah, car. And I took the wrong train. Like these Spanish guys helped me, but I apparently didn't listen good enough. So I get on the wrong train. It's supposed to be like a five minute train across the city. And I've been on the train for like 20 minutes. <laughs> so I'm talking to this guy, Javier, next to me. And I'm like, dude, like, uh, is this the right? This seems like it's been pretty long. Like, I don't know why I'm still on this train. He's like, dude, we're going to uh, Cari. I'm like, what like that's that's now i'm supposed to be going i was just going like that side of Sevilla. he's like no this train's like uh an hour hour and a half i was like oh crap like and i didn't have the ticket or anything so like the controller guy comes and he's like you don't have the ticket and i was like no like it was honestly like an, an accident he's like okay it's fine but you just have to pay this so i'm with this guy javier and he's like yeah but uh where are you staying tonight i'm like i have no idea like i didn't didn't know i was coming here so he's like okay me and my buddy uh Sam, samuel samu are going fishing on the beach and uh, you can come with us. I was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll ask me to stay over, but whatever, like I'll just find something there. So I got these guys, we go to the beach and Javier's just like a normal Spanish guy and Samu is like a, what do you call it? Black hair, ponytail, like smoking <laughs> weed, like just like classic chill guy. So we're just on the beach with like nobody else. We're fishing, catching a bunch yeah. of fish, go back to his apartment, fry up the fish, make french fries wine. he's a winemaker like his dad owns a winery he studied making wine so he has all these custom wines of like strawberry wine melon wine like all this like amazing stuff and we're just sitting on the balcony eating just talking about everything like we were best friends for like years and like i just met these guys i stayed with them and yeah so like i don't know i just had so many so many random experiences on the, the trip let's go off on a tangent but like no, please do. but like uh like i had that i had 
in the south of France, I asked to work out with these guys, and they were the national rowing team of France. So I got to go, like, rowing with the national rowing team just by asking around, like, yeah. what are some other random... But basically, I learned a lot that you can just, like, if you ask to do something or, like, join someone, most of the time they're going to say yes, and you can get a lot of experiences by just, just asking around. Like, right. they're not going to get, they're not going to yell yeah. at you. They're not going to get you in trouble. Like, just ask, so. Yeah. I think it's similar, like, in, I mean, just say in Wichita, if you met somebody that seemed lost or, say, yeah. and Sophie's walking the street and you don't know her and she's speaking French, like, we'd probably try to help yeah. because exactly. they clearly are in a spot where they're uncomfortable. They're out of their yeah. comfort zone. And That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so where else did you stay? So you didn't pay for a lot of those places, but did, did you stay in hostels, Airbnbs, hotels? What? After, okay, there was a, there was a, the, the first night in Spain, I was like, you know, this status quo should be easy. The Spanish people are supposed to be the nicest in Europe. So yeah. they're easily going to ask me to stay so at their house. Yeah. Yeah, I was really yeah, a little overconfident in that. So I get there and like, I'm starting to talk to the Spanish people and my freshman year Spanish one semester did not pay off, so I couldn't really <laughs> communicate. So I'm like, just nothing's going right. Like, I cannot communicate at all. I think all. you were texting us the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Always texting them, like, a live feed, uh, my two brothers. And then, but no one, there was no communication. They didn't speak any English. My Spanish was non-existent. Like, I can say churros without rolling the R. So sorry. <laughs> Especially during the night. Yeah, it was getting late, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So, like. I kept trying and like I almost had one and then like the person flaked out and like oh my god like I'm gonna have to pay for a hotel which is like hard oh no <laughs> it was heartbreaking for me anything with three the months <laughs> three months I finally had to pay and I was like oh my god like this is gonna destroy the budget like is this sustainable now like I was so stressed and then like so I buy a hotel for like thirty five dollars and it was like right in the middle of like a prime Spain city which in hindsight is like fun. nothing like I would pay that in a heartbeat but like at the time I hadn't paid and you know you're I'd never been in this situation, so I was stressed, like, oh, I'm going to run out of money now, all this stuff, but I stay there, and then after that, it's been, it was Airbnbs for <laughs> for 10 months, so <laughs> apparently I didn't, didn't run out of money, it wasn't the end of the world, but, but yeah. Right. If, when you guys first go to a place, so we had Rolf Potts, um, you know Rolf, yeah. um, Vagabonding, he wrote a book, Vagabonding, about travel, um, big time author, um, he was on the podcast, and we talked about, there was... Some people, when they first go to a place, like they'll first go to the beach or they'll first go to somewhere to kind of like center themselves that like helps them get comfortable and then they can go explore wherever they're at. What mm. was that? Did you guys have anything like that or what was that space for you guys? The beach for sure. Because if there was a beach, the beach. But honestly, it depends on the um, the transition because like if you're going from Spain to Portugal, it's not yeah. like a, a big depends deal. On but the culture. And the culture too, how similar it is to what you've been to already. Mm -hmm. But like if it was like an inter international flight, like if you're going from like no. Australia to Japan or something like this, that's when it was the most stressful, honestly. And you're yeah. you're kind of like a chicken with your head cut off, like figuring out where everything is, how the culture works, just getting organized. And stuff you would always be super, always be super stressed. So <laughs> we'd usually get an argument about that time, which is like <laughs> our, our uh, maybe the only one. <laughs> our practice, like the only time we argue is like that situation. So we get arguments, but then. Yeah, go to the ocean, go to a go to a coffee shop yeah, and the most important see, how, <laughs> see how much shop. a coffee is, which is like the standard unit of account for us. Yeah. Like there's an Americana. That can help dollar. you adjust to where you're at and yeah. how I think expensive the place is. Two days going. like that just to see learn how much the currency. Is it. Learn the currency and learn how to have an is. idea about all the yeah. patents. If it's expensive or not. So how how did that process work? So every time you got to a new city, did you have to exchange currency? Could you just use your card? Uh, that's a common misconception maybe like people are always worried about cash but i no. i would never get cash the only time i got cash maybe just in japan japan because yeah. they have like a lot of small vendors when you yes. had to have cash to buy anything but mm. like most of the trip i only use my card yeah. and so do they charge like a extra fee since you're the atm or for atms or wherever yeah anywhere the atm they kind of yeah. destroy you so that's why i helped out we didn't get cash but it always is what, like you can three you or five percent right some option with your bank as well yeah, yeah. Travel, so. nice it's i mean i guess most banks and cards are big big companies so yeah but also when you were changing a lot we didn't want to like if i have like a lot of croatian what was it called kunas kunas i don't want to have that left over when i go to australia and so right. i just like using a card honestly it's so much easier yeah that's fair but yeah, the coffee will, like, if, if you get there and it's like a $1 Americano, you know you're in good shape and <laughs> you can drink three when you go to read your book every morning. So, like, and then if you're in, like, Japan and you're getting yeah. that, like, a $6 Starbucks, you got to really chill. Yeah. Maybe one a week or something, you know. But yeah. yeah. It just depends on where you're at. Yeah. Um, so, what are some lessons learned that you guys had and interpret that however you like? Be minimalist. 
be minimum list. Uh, pack light for sure. Yeah. yeah. And what it, what is packing light to you? Is that like I, so you probably have a travel backpack or whatever you use to travel with some kind of a backpack more than likely. Travel with the backpack. The light backpack. Before I left, I was carry gonna bring, on in the plane. Yeah, only carry ons in the plane. Before I left, I was gonna bring my actual backpack that I brought. And a suitcase. I don't know why, but I thought of doing that at first. And I talked to Anne Sophie yeah, before, and she's like, hey, you thought about it. And then <laughs> she's like, absolutely not. And I no, talked to Landon no. and was like, yeah, I don't I don't need that much stuff. And like, if I would have brought that, I don't know what I would have done. That would have no, been way too much. you can buy if you need. Yeah, definitely buy. We got that from Tim Ferriss, too. Yeah. Like, bring the uh, bare essentials, and you can buy stuff. You can throw stuff away, and you can kind of survive off whatever. But mm-hmm. I'd say always bring less than you think. Like, I probably brought, like, Eight pairs of clothes in my laptop. I wish I didn't bring my laptop because it weighs like six, six pounds or something like this. <laughs> no more. It's super old. It's a yeah. dinosaur. So I wish I didn't bring that. And I wish I brought less clothes. Books. I wish I would add a Kindle instead yeah. of that. Lesson, lessons learned with us. Yeah. What are the lessons we have? Maybe you just get a tablet next time you can read on Definitely that and use it as a computer. Yeah, or like an iPad or something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, what are the lessons? So what, what, I mean, what does that look like, packing clothes in? You said it's little as you can. So are you taking like... What, a pair of shorts and yeah. a pair of pants and, and three shirts or something? I think, yeah, when people are imagining a backpack, since this is audio, it's not like a, uh, like, it's not like those huge, like, um, what do you call those people? Like a traditional the backpack, or they have the, the backpack that's like the length of their body and they can barely walk. Yeah. Mine was like <laughs> a little bit bigger than like the backpack a middle school would have, you know? Like I had probably six or seven pairs of clothes yeah. and my laptop and that was it. Like, and so if you had a little bit bigger one, but not much, yeah, honestly. No. They were always in the carry-on on the plane, so. Yeah. If you can think of that size, right? Um, any what other lessons? Do you guys have any other lessons you learned from traveling? Or don't stress because like almost every time when you're like you're freaking out over, I think the 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 travel the trip is like a metaphor for the life or the life mm-hmm. la vie <laughs> for life and like you're always gonna have these little events and stressors in life that are gonna like provoke you to say oh my god like this this is it like this is the end of the world like and, i don't and know what have, i'm gonna do but and you have so much resource resource resources sorry yeah yeah like you're stronger than you think and like it's it's never like that serious like i think a lot of stuff in life you're gonna get like punched in the face but if you just like take a deep breath and you say okay what mm-hmm. is this really like, okay that's yeah. that's not that bad like I never lost my wallet or anything, but like, say you lost your wallet, like at, at the beginning you're gonna freak out, but like, if you really break it down, like it's not that big of a deal. Like, you can figure it out. You're always yeah. gonna be fine. Like, yeah, that's probably like the biggest lesson of the whole trip, honestly. Yeah. And I think learning that, and I've talked to another friend that did a mission trip in Brazil for two years, and he said that's like for sure the biggest thing. Like, when you come back, like nothing can face you. Like, after you've been on your own and out there, and like all this random stuff can happen, like you're never that worried. Like, right. Everything's gonna be fine every time. Yeah. Um, you kind of already talked about this, but inspiration for travel. Um, any oh, comments sure. on that? I would mm-hmm. say it's like a a lot of people. Everyone says that they want to travel. Everyone says that's their dream. Money. Everyone says that, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get all this money, and then I'm gonna travel like all the time. But like, you can easily do that now. And I think a lot of the type of reading I've been doing with Tim Ferriss and and Tribe of Mentors and Tools of Titans, mm-hmm. they have a lot of people that give us advice. But like. You don't need to wait. Uh, you don't have to no. do the deferred life plan. You can just go now and. You have no excuse. You have no excuse. You have. You, most people have the money. Like I barely made any money last year. You don't need to pay rent. You yeah. don't need to buy gas or stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cheaper than you think, and. Yeah, like you just you don't need to wait. Like you never know if you're gonna die next week. So like, get out there and yeah. see some stuff. And um. What else was I gonna say? What was the question again? Just inspiration for travel. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. Um, Like, I don't know if it's like a hero's journey type thing or like something like that, if you if you guys are familiar with that. But like, I Joseph like, Campbell, um, hero's journey. If you want to do something big, you kind of like have to like go on a big adventure and like see the world before you can, yeah. you can have that perspective to like do big things. So I wanted to get out there and see everything and get a lot of inspiration. It's actually, yeah, it's not my inspiration for the, the travel. Yeah. It's the travel is inspiration for me and my life sure. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And as well, my family doesn't have the opportunity to travel. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. for example, my father never took a plane or stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was so curious to see more 
mm-hmm. our, our own the world and yeah yeah also my my um source of income like it's not that much at all but just to have the free time and the ability to make money when you're moving gave me like uh, like my our parents didn't travel that much as well so like I wanted to take advantage of the situation like I have like I had that money I get the more I felt like rich and so right. I was like might as well yeah I think that's a big thing that I mean Tim Ferriss and Rolf Potts and similar people talk about is like yeah. time freedom right yeah. so it's like yeah, yeah. right now like I've got a pretty good job but sometimes it does it feels almost like golden handcuffs sometimes because it's like yeah. I only have X vacation days and yeah. so it's like I'm very blessed to have this job but I can't go travel for a year. That's like because I don't have this income and so I. So you have yeah. the money, but you right, don't exactly. have time to spend it. So. Right, it's so kind of like a balance gotta, between. It's a balance, and you got to know like what you're, what you want. Like people, I know like everyone when you're in high school, they're always looking at that database that tells you like, okay, like how much does a chemical engineer make? Which yeah, so yeah. is the one people are looking at, or like uh, anesthesiologist. Yeah. But like, yeah, you're gonna have three hundred thousand dollars a year, but if you don't have any time to go travel, like, what, what is your real goal? Is it the money, or is right. it to have freedom? Because to, most people. Yeah, for example, just to add on to that is like <coughs> most people will make however much just to save up and then go travel at 65. Yeah. yeah. But then well, you don't have your health. So it's like you don't need a million dollars to go travel at 60. Yeah. Like you can do it yeah. now. And it, like you said, it doesn't cost as much as you think. On that and point, everyone needs to read a four hour work week, work week by Tim Ferriss, which talks about all of this we have right next to us, which is talking about the deferred <laughs> life plan and how. It's like you got to know what your your goal is from life, and it's not normally money. It's what the money can bring you, or what the money you can imagine the money can bring you. And but uh, like yeah, like there's lots of people that make five, ten, twenty times more than you, but they couldn't afford to do like to go in Spain like I did and just like chill on the beach. So yeah, that was probably the moment when I felt like the most richest was like a specific time in um La Linea de Concepcion, which is like not even that like. It's pretty, but I'm pretty sure it's actually like the most drug-ridden part of Spain. Yeah, it's like where all the sure. <laughs> all the drugs come from Africa, but like for me, it was fun. It's right by Gibraltar. Yeah. So I would be walking to the beach every day with like my $2 huge ice cream. Like literally, I'd get one on the way there, i get one on the way back. And I was thinking like, oh my God, like I feel like a, a billionaire. Like I barely have to work. I can go anywhere right. I want. Like that was like a moment where I like really was like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, it really sunk in for me. Um, what did day to day look like? And you can pick, I mean, I'm sure it varied from country to country, but pick wherever or talk about a couple, but for each of you, what did it look like when you were both just hanging out or if Anne Sophie had her internship in Australia or whatever? I think when I did uh, my internships, you are more focused about, you were more focused about yourself and your routine. Yeah. We had different periods where yeah. we were more, more or less focused on like a routine. Cause we're both like very uh motivated people very disciplined people so like maybe sometimes we wake up we do like a meditation we would read for this long we mm-hmm. would do it's something so or other to work out you know we'd have like a very strict place but then other times we wouldn't have time so it'd be more off the cuff just kind of random stuff but right. it really depended on where we were yeah. but usually we were more like vagabond yeah less less tourists too much too many plans just for one day yeah we're already free and we usually have a primary objective, like today we're gonna we're gonna go towards the Eiffel Tower and we'll like find some stuff to do on the yeah. way there. And we walk yeah. a lot as well, so we spend I would a say lot a lot of time to just explore the place and we walked took the atmosphere. Fifteen miles per day on average according to our iPhones, which is insane if you're from Kansas, like we don't walk. I think <laughs> I looked on the chart on my iPhone and before I was averaging like <laughs> one or two miles per day walking <laughs> like the entire day everything i did and i always have my phone on me so that's pretty accurate and then during the trip it was like a hockey stick to like <laughs> 10 to 15 miles a day every day and i also think when i was by myself i'm way less like planning than Aunt Sophie. she's not like a like a huge planner for like like a mm. tourist but like i'm way less than her so for mm-hmm. me it was very very organic the first two months like that's how i met most of these people to stay with them is because mm-hmm. I would talk to random people, you know, and like the, the so plaza. Would, yeah, so it was really, really random, but which can g- bring you a lot of experiences. But then also, if you're not like outgoing enough, or if you don't find stuff, you could kind of like waste your opportunity of like certain, like, right. like if you're in Spain for like a week, you don't want to do that as much, which is why long term travel is yeah. better, I would say, because you have more time to have those. I think that's a struggle yeah. because most people would go. They have seven to ten days, maybe it was two weeks. It's yeah. like a long vacation, and so you try to yeah. fit everything, yeah. in, or you might even go to different countries. I and don't so think it's a good way. It's yeah. Not, yeah, it's yeah. better to live uh, like a local. Yeah. 
So if somebody had, let's say, 10 to 14 days, would you recommend just going to one place then and trying to just kind of break, I mean, explore and like organic, like you said, organically meet people and things to do instead instead of of going to like Ireland, France, Mm -hmm. Belgium, Switzerland, like 10 or 14 days, which a lot of people do. Like I've heard of people going to like London, Paris, uh, Geneva, Madrid, just go to Paris for 14 days and just like really be a Parisian, just walk around, you know, have your coffee in the morning real leisurely and like, yeah. It's nice just to have a routine in another country and that's better you're gonna if you if you do too much where you're like you have a laundry list and you're trying to go through this like mm-hmm. i gotta see that tower i gotta see pass for side i gotta do all this stuff you're gonna feel like you're at home a little bit because you're gonna be yes. with the american people you're gonna be with chinese people you're not gonna be see with a lot of french people so like right that's not you won't get the best uh, most valuable experience mm-hmm. if you're too rushed to like see a certain thing i i feel i uh, i was more like a local compared to a tourist yeah and people would say that too like we'd meet other travelers and like we would talk about how we did it versus them and they're like what like you guys are like weird like yeah. <laughs> right but i think it was better i think another going back to rolf again um he has another book he was on the ari shafir podcast mm-hmm. and they were talking about he has a book that him and some other authors wrote i believe called uh, souvenirs yep and so it's talking about how a lot of the souvenirs from different places are what people think the country should be yeah. rather than oh, what it actually is and so like I don't know, like, I don't know a country off the top of my head, but like a tribal type country, like, they'll wear normal clothes, like blue jeans and a t-shirt, but they'll dress up and go put on a show for the tourists because that's what the tourists want to see, and they can sell more stuff to the tourists because of that. And so, just examples like that, or even, which this is maybe less so, but like a little mini Eiffel Tower thing, which isn't isn't that (laughs) weird, but like... Yeah, not a lot of French to, people probably have a little yeah, Eiffel Tower keychain. If, yeah. if you go to Paris and you buy an Eiffel Tower, you're buying a Eiffel Tower made in China, sold by a mech, or a guy from uh, a, mech, from a guy from Senegal, or uh, yeah. you know, like Ivory Coast. So you're not, it's not it's attached not to France organic. at all. Yeah, yeah exactly. No. You bought it in Paris. There's nothing wrong with that, but no. it's not a French yeah. artifact like you might It'd think be of it. Better as. for you to go buy, or not better. There's no better, but like go buy like a. T-shirt made by like a local like or artisan, you know. Yeah, <laughs> or just, yeah like, eat, a wheel of cheese. <laughs> eat a bunch of uh, patisseries, and yeah, yeah. you'll feel a lot better. And, yeah. you'll it's better it to buy an experience. Yeah, than an object. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess you kind of you brought up food, food around the world. What yeah. was your favorite? What was different? How is, this is how is how is Japan? This is, so yeah. we, <laughs> Japan. This, we'll, get it, we'll get into that in a moment. But this, is Japanese food. this has been a uh, a culinary renaissance for me personally. Like before, I was like the most picky person on the planet. Landon can attest to that. Like uh, plain hamburgers, just meat and bun, no ketchup, no cheese, no anything, no, no nuggets, condiments, nuggets, nuggets, <laughs> nuggets, fries. You know, like we're talking like no peanut ground butter. turkey with you eggs. You didn't know what's a salmon or eggplant. I never had so. salmon really before. Yeah. I, I, a lot of vegetables like yeah. cheese but when i went on the trip <laughs> when i went on the trip i was just kind of like okay i'm gonna it's time to just try stuff so i started trying everything and 99 percent of the stuff i liked and yeah so we i really, cooked, really opened my mind we cooked a lot and she really got me into cooking which yeah which helped a lot i tried a lot that way so i think that's another thing i mean maybe it's just an aspect of being a long-term tourist but cooking more than just eating out yeah like, we didn't mm-hmm. for one it's way more expensive for two we just like cooking, honestly. And it's like, a, again, it's like a routine. It's a routine, yeah. It gives it's you something really important. like... We share something together. and You can you can go crazy for like a two-week trip and like eat out every day, but like if you do that for months, you're going to go insane. Like you right. have to have like a sit-down meal at your house. Yeah. And cooking, nice. too. I mean, like you stayed with a lot of people, so I'm sure you yeah. cooked with some of them on occasion. Yeah. So you get like real local, like organic yeah. cooking, like you, what they have and what they yeah. would do on a daily and just basis. try and test everything different, prepare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And going back to the day-to-day, the that really changed depending on where we were at. Like some places we live in like, like in Croatia, we basically had our own house for over a month and there we can cook a lot more. But like Japan, we were in a hostel. So like we ate out every day, yeah. every single day. And we were talking about the foods as well. And Sophie is allergic to, to soy. soy, gluten, gluten. celery, peanuts, yeah. all nuts, kind of milk, yeah. raisins, which is wine. <laughs> and she's French. Yeah, but uh, I do wine. <laughs> <laughs> she's allergic a garlic, um, yeah. basically everything. And but the the two big ones in Jap- Japan was, Japan was soy and gluten, which yeah. gluten is all the noodles, and soy everything. is the base for all their cooking. So, mm-hmm. and and if she Red eats that stuff, bread. she's like. Our stomach's messed up for two weeks. So she basically had raw fish and sushi for... In Japan, the food is 
one of the most most important parts of the culture, of the, culture so the meals and yeah i was so frustrated to frustrated yeah 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 to don't be inside the culture right 100 percent and that's another thing like people um when you talk about japanese food people think it's sushi but like it's actually pretty hard to find sushi in japan like it's not like you can find yeah. so many more ramen places and like noodle places yeah. and meat places than than sushi and you have to even walk if you want to change the if you ask to change the recipe or just like without soy or stuff. they get really offended yeah because it's cultural and you don't <laughs> yeah. have to ask the chief to ch the, chef the chef to change the recipe it's like, like an yeah. answer their recipe is like their perfected like thing yeah. they've worked on forever yeah. so if you say like no soy, like they're like why would you perfect want perfect balance why would you come to me if you don't want this like the way yeah. i want it so like they get really offended and like well that's really hard <laughs> yeah but my favorite food i think it's uh, french food <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and maybe spain and portugal it's really good the Mediterranean food. I would honestly say Japan. Like I would. Yeah, for you. The <laughs> before the, before the trip, I would never have thought that me Carson Yusuke would like Japanese food or like eat a lot of it. But like, I ordered every different plate I could. Usually two at each meal because I was losing weight like massively <laughs> during Japan. No matter how much I ate, but so yeah, I would literally try everything, and there was not like one plate that I didn't like, not one dish that I didn't like, and I was kind of shocked about that, but it was amazing. What what is Japanese food? I guess what I mean. Obviously, I've, I've had like stir fry. Everything whatever Japanese is, is here, everything is cooked with a base of miso, which is like which is a, like a fermented fermented soybean soup bouillon. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, they have ramen. Kind of fried things like ramen. They have like tempura. Tempura, which is fried, um, like shrimp really flaky or fried shrimp or, or different stuff. They have yeah. soba. So which is buckwheat, buckwheat noodles, noodles um, grated yam, fish, yakitori, yakitori, which is like shish kebabs, but they're like really small. Hmm. Yeah, the size of the um, what else? Pretty the moshi. Lots of different like desserts, but they're usually rice based. So yeah. moshi, if you want to Google that, M O S H I, which is like a rice jello ball with like I have moshi like, ice cream at Dylan's. Or, uh, yeah, or whole and foods. Instead, you can have red beans. And it can be red beans. So, like, you don't want the red beans exactly. <laughs> Matcha. If you bite into that, make sure it's going to be strawberry because <laughs> the red bean one is not as good. Depends. But, yeah, but yeah, that, um, yeah, yeah, just a bunch of random stuff. Like they octopus. eat a lot of sweet potatoes as well. Sweet potato, yams. Yeah. Or what is it? Taro? Taro. Taro, yeah, which yeah. is like a big yam type thing. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, Anne-Sophie, doing ceramics, what kind of internships did you do? Where were those? What was that like in other countries? So, um, my first in internship was in Australia. I did, like, a residency mm -hmm. during one month in an art center. It was really interesting. But I think my favorite one was the last one with Juice Kitson, who is a famous ceramist artist, more like artist. But um, she used ceramics as medium, glass, and fur. Yeah, fur as well. And it was really amazing because uh, so we lived with her. So I was really himself with um, her daily routine. They were like connected at the hip the entire yeah, month, basically. So. Seven days. So Working all the time. Yeah. It was really, really, really an incredible experience for me. And it gave her kind of like the chance to be like, not in the shoes, but like in the trenches with like a really high level See artist. See what it looks like to be there. Yeah. yeah. Like they would go to the beach together and like swim every morning in the yeah. cold water. They'd work all day and they'd listen to the same podcast. Yeah. We'd eat dinner together. Like it was, it was really cool. It's cool. Very good opportunity. Very cool. So do you guys have any other crazy stories that come to mind from any of the countries or? Hmm. Maybe your first day in... In Croatia. Croatia. <laughs> I yeah, I was going to talk about that earlier, but um, when I went to Croatia, so I didn't have my, I was gonna, I was talking about that, but I forgot to finish the story. I was, uh, I arrived at the port because I took the bus from the airport and I didn't have my Airbnb. So I'm going to the Airbnbs and there's only like one and it's like not walkable distance and it's already pitch black and I don't know anything about Croatia. So I was kind of like, eh, like got to figure this out. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm asking people for rides and I talked to this girl and I started seeing me around. She said, no, but like people have, like run Ubers for me. Like she owned cars and had people do like Uber for her to make money. Mm -hmm. So this guy come and comes and picks me up and he takes me to the Airbnb and it's like an abandoned building with like 
abandoned part- apartment building, no lights, like no street lights. So it's like pitch black. Like I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. The, the walls are all graffitied up, broken windows. This is where I die. This is I'm like this is where it ends. Like <laughs> four months is the point where it's all yeah. over. But um, so I get the guy's number just in case. I'm like, yeah, like maybe y'all will need something, you know. And I go there. This sweaty, overweight Croatian woman runs up to me and she's like, hello, I'm blah blah blah, and like. She takes me to the room. I go up to the room. The Wi-Fi doesn't work, so I'm just like, okay, like this, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna be fine. Like, not a good start. First of all, you're gonna give me twenty bucks right now because I'm not, not, not having Wi-Fi. That's like crucial for me. And then second of all, there's, I, I took that like the Wi-Fi. You know, it's not the end of the day, but like she needs to give me money. So she gives me so twenty I know bucks back. Wi-Fi because you use WhatsApp instead of internet. I never paid for too. any phone stuff on the, the entire trip, so like I always use Wi-Fi, WhatsApp, and then also to make money and do everything yeah. on my business stuff. So. Okay, back to Wi-Fi is crucial. But anyway, so I get it 20 bucks out of the 40 for the Airbnb. And then I'm like, okay, but this is crappy, but it's fine. Then she leaves and I go in the bathroom and there's like cockroaches and stuff everywhere. And I'm just like, what is this? Like, why did I come to this country? Oh, my God. Like, this is horrible. Like, this is like one of the first times I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, what am I doing here? But I, I sleep there somehow, probably in like dirty sheets. Hopefully not. But I haven't tested yet. But... <laughs> probably dirty and then the next day the guy that i call has a, a cousin who has a brand new apartment her name is like anna they have a brand new apartment their family and she gave me like a super good deal i stayed in an amazing apartment the entire like over a month and so he comes there's amazing blue beaches and croatia ends up being like one of our favorite countries so yeah it worked out you never yeah you never know what you're gonna get really you can't judge a whole place by one experience yeah yeah, yeah. i feel like a lot of people would like freak out maybe they like they dip out yeah, after that, but like, and then they might tell everybody, Croatia you know, sucks. Croatia yeah. sucks, and yeah. those people will never experience Croatia. We hear that a lot. Of, also, people, yeah. you can never listen to what people say. People, they're always going to tell you from their anecdotal experience. Like, maybe someone went to like this part of Australia and say, "Oh, that place is boring. There's nothing to do." But like, me and Anso, if you go there and we do a bunch of hikes, and it's like the best yeah. time ever. So like, don't listen to what people say always, and kind of like, figure it out for yourself. Sure. Um, just any other stories off the top of your head? I think. Jess, I want to mention all the walkaways we did oh, in yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, yeah can, can you explain that a little bit? Um, so the concept is you walk from family or... Like a ranch or like a farm usually? Yes, or depends. and you have the food and the accommodation. For free? For free. Uh, so you walk basically four hours a day. So like maybe you're pulling weeds maybe at like... Maybe five days per week. Yeah. That's a good walkaway. <laughs> yeah, like herding sheep. New Zealand or like picking weeds in like a villa or like yeah. it can be anything really and it really depends on like which one you get if it's gonna be good or not but yeah. that we was like a really one bad experience and we had one bad out of like four but we used the workaways really for kind of like a break from moving around so much when we were in New Zealand and then also to like Save I would have money. no expenses so yeah. I could make my whatever money per day and just that would go straight to the bank account instead of spending it on food yeah. even Definitely. if it was like a cheap place like free is always good right. so saved a lot that way no doubt yeah, another that's, story. that's a great way. What another story would be? The big hike in New Zealand. Which one? Ben Nomo. What do you want to say about it? It was crazy. <laughs> uh, we did like a... Yes, I think it's my crazy. There's Ben Lomond no. um, Mountain. In Queenstown. It's in Queenstown, New Zealand. And we hiked up it in like... <laughs> 60% of the recommended time probably and we're yeah. not like we hiked a lot so we're in pretty good shape at this point but like it was a crazy time and that was like the most tired we've ever been on yeah, a hike really. like we did tons of hiking like my legs were jello at the top like yeah. lungs are burning like it was crazy the feeling in our body yeah you it like it was like your body was gonna shut down on yeah. like I played sports my whole life I, I've done wrestling I've done all this stuff we did tons of hikes together and like I'd never been that tired yeah. and it was getting really cold at the top and most of the people on these hikes would always have like a camping backpack and like <laughs> boots and like pants and like three different jackets and all this stuff. Me and Sophie would have like my little like drawstring tote bag, like Wichita <laughs> State. Shout out to Wichita State, my little free Wichita State tote bag <laughs> that I had the entire trip. Yeah, that's true. And like uh, Nike shoes and Nike sh- tennis shoes that were like super worn out and yeah. like just terrible equipment, but we did them all like that. So we were really cool, but like, yeah, just be minimalist. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. but yeah, very minimalist. But yeah, it was just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that one was. The hardest hike and that was a great experience. Yeah. Did you ever part of the Morocco? Yeah, maybe Morocco. My first day in Morocco, which was a interesting introduction <laughs> to Africa. <laughs> you didn't mention Morocco. Yeah, we didn't. Italy. No, I did. I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but but uh, I went to Morocco and 
because I was in Spain. I was in the south of Spain, and Tarifa has a ferry for very cheap to go to Morocco. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go to, to I'm gonna go to Africa. You know, <laughs> I gotta say that. Like, who has the chance to go to Africa sometimes? So I went to Morocco, but it was right in the middle of Ramadan, so it's probably yeah. not the best time to go. Like, and you stayed in Tangiers, so. and I stayed in like a non-touristic place, which yeah. was a negative and a positive. Like, it was kind of cool to be just in the middle of like, yeah, what an African culture, but. When I first get there, everyone's trying to sell me hash, uh, drugs, like all this stuff. Like, an old man tells me I need to go put pants on because it's Ramadan and some men, like their their wives, are gonna look at my legs and be jealous. And like, I was like, what? So it's like, mm. really different culture. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like I, I get like harassed by all these people trying to sell me stuff. Like when you get off the boat, like always, like because they're trying to get the dumb tourist like me at the time. So I get past most of them, but I'm talking to this guy from Chile and this, this like young Moroccan guy seems like somewhat trustworthy because he probably does that all day. And he's like, yeah, man, like, what do you need a hotel? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. But like, you want something to eat? And I was like, yeah, like, yeah. But like, that was a huge mistake. But I was like, yeah, take me to somebody to eat. So he takes me to his family's restaurant. I'm like the only one eating there because it's Ramadan. So this is already like sketchy. Like yeah. everyone's looking at me. I get like a traditional Moroccan thing and I don't know any of the currency there or anything. So it was like kind of a very poor situation. And it starts out, they say it's like, they say they have no menu, first of all, which now that I know, I'm like, that's terrible. But like at the time, I didn't really know. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, how much does it cost? It says 15, which is super expensive for Morocco. <laughs> I ate the meal. It comes back. So uh, $20. I was like, no, nah, like you, you definitely said 15. It's like, okay, 15. No problem. Like, <laughs> I don't have any of their money. So like his 16-year-old son and the 18-year-old guy that was like, took, that took me there, take me to the ATM. I get money out of the ATM and the guy's like, you're going to pay my effing father. Like, I don't care. Like, and I was like, Oh my God, like, dude, like, I'm, I'm going to pay him. Like, this is like a weird situation. So I didn't know. And I was like going through like, little alleyways and like the old Medina, which is like, it looks like Africa like a thousand years ago. So it was really sketchy. And yeah. that was another time when I was kind of uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But did, uh, did you not read The Alchemist before this? That's how Santiago lost all of his money. He it was the same. Somebody yeah. in Morocco. It was the same situation. Yeah. <laughs> so if you go to Morocco, be very careful. They're excellent uh, scammers and businessman whatever you want be to call careful it. or just don't go there go somewhere or else. just don't go there yeah but it's no, probably it's probably I nice spot we have to go there again but maybe redemption yeah. Yeah, give it another try yes yeah. you'll call it try after all right um so we have some other questions that i kind of ask everybody but um a big reason i wanted to bring you on was that i think it's kind of an inspiration for people like especially our age that like you don't have to just go get a job, right? You can find a different path. You can go travel now and that kind of thing. But um, so just just real quick, do you have any other just advice off the top? You kind of talk, touch on a little bit advice for people that feel stuck or about to get out of school or anything like that. Don't feel the pressure of uh, society when yeah. you when you get out of college. Like I just did a 14 month trip around the world, and when I come back, like most of my friends are still like just starting their job or like. They're not, you're not you gonna fall behind. You can yeah. have one year off. You can have as many years as you want. There's yeah. no, there's no like pace you gotta follow in life. Like you're not gonna fall behind. You're most of the time if you do something different like that, you're actually gonna get ahead. So don't, mm -hmm. don't worry about falling behind and just do what feels right to you at the time. You can't really yeah. go wrong. You don't have to be rich. As well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a misconception. All right. So what is something you guys often recommend to people? Whether that's books, podcasts, movies, music, whatever. I really like um, Oprah Winfrey's podcast. Oh, yeah. It's really I haven't listened to that at all. It's really solid, yeah. It's really good. I listen to that when I do some ceramics and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say Tim Ferriss' show podcast, Tim Ferriss' books. <laughs> Tim Ferriss. <laughs> I'm kind of a fan. <laughs> Aubrey Marcus' podcast. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Um, Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle, which is like the power of now it's a good audio book mm -hmm. a regular book yeah. the alchemist the alchemist yeah. <laughs> meditation mm, yeah yeah um do you guys have a favorite failure in any aspect of your life i think we this is actually pretty interesting we have a we have a similar um story failure. on that like <laughs> growing up like my main focus or not growing up but like probably after like middle school i always wanted to be division one football player and mm. like that was all that was my main goal after everything and like i always knew i was gonna play division one football and then i'll do whatever whatever afterwards but that <laughs> wasn't my that wasn't my issue right now i'm not gonna concern myself with that so i focused on that and then like sophomore junior year of high school i started developing developing like a chronic like tibia in injury like stress fracture shin splints that thing 
uh, two surgeries they didn't get better so i went to junior college and to like try to give it a year to heal and play again but they never got better so like i kind of had this big dream that basically fizzled out before it could even get going when i was like super motivated and super dedicated to that mm -hmm. and then Anne sophie um, i went to paris to study ceramics at school but maybe after one month i had different allergies to materials and food and all the um, doctors told me tell me told me that i have to stop to study uh, no more ceramics and art so um, wow so interesting so the only options i had was uh, to be like a um, teacher or study marketing and stuff so i was ready to do that but i did an internship in switzerland and everything was going well with art again yeah. like she, the allergies weren't affecting her because it was it wasn't the allergy to the ceramics it was like another part of that school at in school. paris oh, interesting. Yeah. so they use like a different something yeah, it was like something with like the in france or the art school you you can study different mediums and stuff but in switzerland Wow. The school was only for ceramics or photography, okay. so I didn't enough. have the allergen. Did you, did you ever find out what that was? Mm, yes, Something that it was it like different. a glue. Or it's like a binding agent between different like, materials. Yes. Wow, that's, that's crazy. And it sparked yeah. all that. So we both kind of had like a big dream that Broken. fizzled out. <laughs> she kind of got back into hers, but mine was obviously like a permanent yeah. thing. So yeah. yeah. Wow. Which kind of like, I think it kind of made us like jaded at first to where like, you were kind of like depressed for a while, right? Oh, yeah. I definitely well, was. Really like, I didn't know like, where I wanted to go with my life, but then that brings I spent you... one year like that, just uh, study marketing stuff. and Yeah. That's not what you love. And no, like, you wanna, like, it was terrible. Right. <laughs> for me, it wasn't like I didn't... Yeah, like, I, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So then I had to kind of transition, and then you found your way back. and then Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so what is your definition of success? It's a deep one. Whew. I think it's just... For me, it's not to have uh, a ton of money or stuff because I'm an artist and I'm <laughs> 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 I know, <laughs> but just doing what you love and don't do that you don't want to do. It's just like I don't want to force me or push me to do something, something that you don't like. Yeah, don't waste your time. No. For me, success is. It's definitely a personal question. Like what I say is not going to be the, the definition of success for other people, but mm -hmm. I would say to constantly be evolving and challenging yourself and pushing yourself to do things that excite you, like big projects, ambitious, ambitious projects and doing it with people that you love, like my brothers, my best friends, you know, and just having like a kind of like a tribe that's, yeah. you're always like going for something bigger and like, yeah, yeah. But not that you're not happy on the way there. Like you should be happy the entire way. Cause it, sh it should be stuff that you like doing and stuff that you love and then just like keep going on that trajectory of improvement yep absolutely um do you have a life motto you live by or what's the best advice you've received i think for me it's follow your instincts yeah uh, intuition especially during the trip or yeah in life in general probably yeah yeah for me i didn't really have one until like 15 minutes before this podcast when i read the <laughs> list of questions but I would say Sava Ale, which is a French phrase, which means like it's going to go, it's yeah. going to be fine. And like that was like a big theme on the trip. I would say like there's a lot of times when stuff would happen. And like in the beginning, the first couple months, maybe I would freak out. And then when I was with Aunt yeah. Sophie later on, she would still freak out. And like we learned that it's going to be fine. And it's kind of like I said earlier, like nothing's that serious. And like you don't ever need to get that worked up. Like it's it's just life. Like it's not that important. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what happens, you're going to be fine. In like a certain amount of time so yeah. just, just don't don't stress and about it and the positive and be positive yeah. yeah definitely be positive for sure um what is a habit that you've developed over the past couple of years or this over this trip that's most improved your life Oof. i think for me the um, doing my workouts every maybe every day just to be focused and control my feeling my body and just that helped me a lot and I'm so happy to to do that even when I travel or it's really important mm -hmm. my first uh like two answers that come to my head like the just the quick reaction would be reading and meditation because like the reading led to the meditation led to like a bunch of different ideas and ways of thinking for me but the more I think about it I would say um being more outgoing and yeah. just like finding opportunities in life by just talking to people like 
nothing's gonna happen to you like you just gotta try like talk to people see what's gonna happen like it's fun and you can learn a lot from people so for sure definitely um, so just a couple left um what is your favorite part of wichita carson and then Anne sophie so far what's your favorite part of wichita i think it's the lake behind the house <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of wichita i would uh i don't want to offend anybody here but honestly on these 14 months of travel i'd never really missed wichita the physical the the city any of that well, but i missed uh, the people here Your and family. my friends and family for mm -hmm. sure just the midwest people as well Mm -hmm. um, is there anything you wish Wichita had that it doesn't or anything you would improve about Wichita? The ocean. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, yeah. We were by the ocean like 12 out of the 14 months. Like we were always by a beach and nothing can replace that, honestly. Like, yeah, but it's just... It's, it's unfortunate, but like, yeah, it's just, just yeah. not possible, but definitely the ocean. Yeah. And maybe a public transportation. Public transport, yes. Yeah, I've heard that too. I don't know. Have you taken it here at all? No, no, I don't even. I know, know we have like certain bus routes and stuff. I've I've never actually taken it, but I know that it's not. Great Imagine we have tried the the bus in Los Angeles and it was terrible. Imagine how much cheaper, more convenient, and safer it would be if like like we live on like around Kellogg and One Forty Third. If you could just get on the the Kellogg Metro and you could just like read your book, arrive in Wichita in like six minutes, and downtown Wichita and go to your job, yeah. walk to your job, you like so much yeah. time. Don't have to yourself. take care of your car. You have more time on your commute to. Like, you can safely text people. You can safely do all right. these things. Yeah. Well, and not just public transportation, but also, like, walkability, right? So you guys yeah. are almost yes. on an island out here. Like, the YMCA is a mile and a half away. Dylan's is about a mile away, whatever. But, like, yeah. for you to get across town, like, in Australia or wherever, you guys are just walking walk a lot of places, metro, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so different. And that's it just like could be nice to use a bike or something. Yeah, even, like, yeah, we can't really, like, because you're, you're not going to ride your bike down Kellogg. You can't, right? So no. I don't think it's illegal. So. Yeah, yeah, but you can't ride really You'd have to go out of your way and take sad. back roads and Harry or Pony. It's Pawnee a very different style. Oh, imagine a system like Blah Blah Car. Yeah. Like the Inter people who want to. Like going in between states for sure. But who works around yeah. the same place. It's yeah. just a different, uh, really different cultural style of life. Yeah, and, like, you can't really know the difference until you live there for a while. So different. And yeah, that's like a big thing I miss for sure. For sure. So I guess... I did skip one question um, that I'm going to jump back to, and then we'll get to the last one. But what are your guys' plans for the future? So how long are you here? What's the next step? We're here for 10 months Ten months with our internship. Me, I'm just going to grind it out every day, read a lot, save as much money as possible. And, and hopefully improve your business. And uh, at least keep this business like status quo and then try to yeah. think of like a, a big, more ambitious project. And mm. we'll see with that. And then, yeah, after that, I would I'm like to sure. do some residencies in different countries. Are you, are you familiar? Do you know Maybe. residencies are? Is that common here? Uh, Besides I what mean, we told you? Kind of. Go live somewhere. And residency is like, uh, if you think of like the back in the Leonardo da Vinci yeah. days where they kind of like... You applied for residencies. Yeah. So you pay a rent for, to have a studio, so in a place to work, mm -hmm. a place to do some exhibition, to live. It's just like a, a collection of artists together, and usually you can get like a scholarship for yeah. it. So it's like a time for you to work together and make projects yeah. and improve your craft and all that stuff. So you cool. can do that everywhere in the world. So we might do that. Maybe in South America. Yeah, do you have any countries in mind that you really want to go to? Argentina. Argentina. Or, uh, Argentina. or maybe Bali. <laughs> Bali. Or, uh, we'll see. It's too far Thailand. in the future. Yeah. yeah. See? We're not really long term. Living in the moment. Yes. The power of now. Present moment. <laughs> Always. <laughs> okay, um, so the last question is what does Wichita mean to you? You want to start? That's <laughs> um, You've been here for a long time, so yeah. maybe just have a break and think about all the different things I learned during my big l big, big trip, trip with yeah. you, and think about the future. Think about a way to um, to work um, with the ceramic oh, yeah. and stuff, and find a way to um, to have like collectors or or public. More yeah. publicity and yeah. kind of like get to the next level as an artist. Yes. Sure. For me, Wichita means to me. Wichita is, if you read or if you've seen the Lord of the Rings, it's it's the Shire. Uh, Wichita is like the, the home base where the adventure starts for all of us Wichitans. And eventually, or maybe never, but most people want to go out and destroy the Ring in Mordor, and then <laughs> you come back to Wichita. You I'm bring good. Him. <laughs> <laughs> you bring back what you learned and you can change Wichita you can make Wichita better maybe you have to go on another adventure but it's always the, it's always that home uh, 
that pure place that you can return to where the harvest is always going to be good and there's good people here and you have all your friends and family. We can do the dance if you want. We dance on the tables <laughs> at the bars. And, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all I had. So um, we'll probably do another one of these in the future, but this is fun. Appreciate sure. it. That was awesome. Man. Thanks for having us. Cool. Thanks. Thank you to everyone who stuck it out and listened to this episode of the Wichita Live podcast. Thanks to the local Wichita band, The Caves, for use of their song. You can find links to everything we discussed in the show notes at wichitalifeicp.com. If you have any comments or recommendations for our podcast, feel free to contact us at wichitalifeicp at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, hasta luego.